Today on the show, we have a special guest. He has roamed the woods of the Pacific Northwest since the dawn of time, and today he breaks his silence. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sasquatch. Yeah, uh, big. Bigfoot's not our guest today, Mark. Um, Huggins, if it's not Bigfoot, then who is it? Hello, and welcome to episode three of Hype or Die. Today, our guest is Micah Ortega, and we could not be more excited about this. That's right. We're so excited to have gotten this interview. Huggins lined it up and got a bunch of great questions lined up because he's the journalist and I'm just kind of the guy who edits things. We talked to Micah for probably almost an hour and, and had a really great conversation. I, you know, talked a lot about uh, the band in depth. And I, I think you guys are really going to enjoy listening to this. We definitely enjoy talking to him. Yeah, the dude's awesome. I mean, it was it's awesome to be able to, uh, to get someone from a band to open up. And I'm really hoping it's something that... Uh, the true fans, people who listen to this podcast will, will enjoy. And I think, I think they will. I think so too. And, and hopefully it'll kind of uh, be a gateway for us to talk to, you know, more members of the band or, or maybe even, you know, former members of the band or something like that, you know? Yes. So if you know members of the band, message them now and uh, kind of pave the way for us. Cause we would love to talk to as many members as we can. Cause it's so much fun. Definitely. Yeah. Just let them know, Hey, hybridize a great show and it's about you guys and your fans. So, you know, talk to them. And we try not to make it cheesy because like that was one thing I was hated about interviews with members of five iron, um, is that you could, even if they're written interviews, you can hear the disdain in the members voices when they would ask questions that no one actually cares about the answer to. But I guess that's kind of one of the things about being a silly band that you'll have to deal with. Well, that's about all we had for the intro of the show, the first part. So I think we should just go ahead and uh, jump right into that interview. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. So we're here with Micah Ortega. As you guys know, um, as you should know, he is the the guitarist for Five Iron Frenzy. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for talking to us. This is very surreal and awesome that you would do this. So thank you very much. So yeah, it should be said that uh, I'm one of one of two guitar players. He's one of two guitar players, um, and since he did the podcast, we'll go ahead and say he is the better of the two guitar players. There you go. That's what we like to say. <laughs> there we go. And unless we have the other guitarist on, in which case he will be he the best. He is the better one, of course. If he if he interviews with us for longer, then he's better. So what? What? <laughs> that's no, that's how it works, man. <laughs> okay. Um, so Sonny, if you're listening, which you're probably not, uh, <laughs> you know, earn our devotion by being on our podcast. You you will gain two very loyal fans. Cool. All right, so we'll start out. Um, I have some pretty basic hacky questions, but I don't know. I don't know where pe- what people know, what they don't. So, uh, how did you how did you find your way to Five Iron Frenzy? Like, what if you, you can get me? Can keep it brief if you want. But how did you get started with with uh, Five Iron? Uh, me and uh, me and Keith uh, Harrigan, Reese, and uh, my brother actually, we were playing in a in a, in a metal band, and. Uh, then we, we started, we did like a cover of like an Amy Grant tune and that had like a sort of ska breakdown and people always went nuts with that. So we we're like, let's try doing a, um, let's try doing a, a, a band that's just kind of like ska punk. So we did a spinoff band called Flower and Frenzy. That is a, that's a very interesting transition from metal to ska. I don't know that many bands make that. So that was yeah. Exhumator, right? Exhumator was the band. Wow. Yeah. There's, it's always fun to hear that stuff. Um, so when you guys started Five Iron Frenzy, like, did you have, I mean, obviously you couldn't have a vision of what it would become. What did you guys, what were your guys' plans for it? Like, what did you guys see it becoming when you started it? 
the, the, the official word was we wanted some pre food. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, oh yeah, I, I think that was that was the actual interview question, uh, like the, the the response that we gave for probably a good you know four or five years. Yeah, I promise all my questions are not this hacky. You won't have to give the... Uh... No, that's cool. <laughs> Good to catch people up. Okay, so like one thing, obviously, like if you know the band, the band's gone through this crazy evolution. How has your attitude evolved while being in the band, especially through like these years when you guys came back? My attitude as far as, as, far as what? Just like, I mean, when you started, you guys were fresh young kids. Um is it a lot different being in the band now than when you guys first started? Has has yeah. the yeah it is um, a lot a lot of uh, a lot you know a lot, I mean people grow up you know a lot of, a lot of things have changed like uh, how how things you know how things uh, you think should be and and then you you, know, you get a, a, a much larger worldview and and then you realize how things really are and then you can kind of apply that you know with your with your uh, um, what you believe, and yes. uh, and you, you you throw out the throw out the, the crap, and you, you keep what what matters, you know. So uh, is that made even more difficult because you guys have such a big band? Is it hard to keep the focus on the same kind of things because there's just so many people? Um, yeah, just to say that we're we're an unfocused band, it's probably very accurate. Like we, uh, everything, everything, like we're, everything can become a. Um, a long debate or a long discussion that uh, doesn't end up with anything being accomplished. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can I imagine, especially now that you guys live in different states. Like <laughs> yeah, well yeah, trying to figure out the best uh, you know means of communication, whether it be email or like for a while we were doing uh, video video uh, chat, you know. Yeah. And then before that we were doing a conference calling, which was terrible. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, and then that and you know, and, and, and that and like uh, for a while we were trying, you know, doing polls. You know, like a website that, that was just dedicated <laughs> to the polls. It was just terrible. So that is such a punk rock way to do a band. <laughs> I guess <laughs> through polls and conference calls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like when you guys first started, um, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, I think a lot of the, re the reason that people like Five Iron is that you guys you would approach topics that were really taboo in the, for lack of a better term, the youth group culture. Um, so did you guys get a lot of backlash back then? And with your evolution, do you guys still get backlash today? Um, people are more accepting today than they were back then. That's what I find. How did people like, what kind of reactions would you get back in the day? Back in the day, I remember, you know, I remember writing uh, to a mom actually one time on a postcard backstage uh, because she had, uh, sent us a, uh, a snail mail letter uh, complaining about the pants songs <laughs> and how she couldn't believe there, there was so much cussing in that one track. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so yeah, I was like, I was like, I kind of feel obligated to, to, you know, let her in on the joke because I was the one, you know, doing that track. And so, I mean, you know, try to tactfully, you know, say, <laughs> Hey, I wasn't actually cussing. If you listen closely, there's half syllables that are bleeped out and you know, clearly this is, you know, nonsense. Um, but just in case you're, you're, you're not aware, that's what's going on. Yeah. People will complain about anything, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, obviously it's well documented that, um, during the tail end of the band, um, and especially now that a lot of the members of the band kind of their faith developed or they lost their faith or, 
you know, everyone went from from one, you know, similar way of thinking and kind of split off. Um, is especially now, it seems to be something that you guys have kind of kind of embraced. Um, has it made the band more difficult to be in, or it more difficult to uh, maintain, or is it kind of a refreshing change? Um, it hasn't made it more difficult. I don't think actually. Uh, it probably, like like with 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 years passing, and uh, with like Andy and Scott getting there, getting the, the, like working through the, what they believe or don't believe, that's actually having that that struggle behind them has uh, caused more peace in the band. Because when they were first going through it, it was it was pretty ter- uh, ter- ter- like there was some turmoil there, you know. So did it cause a lot of conflict in the in the band? Um, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, like I think that, like you, you know, you, you you drive from one town to the next, and it's about you know typically like an eight-hour drive, and you debate for you know eight hours or, or sit in silence because you don't want to debate anymore. It it, it kind of wears on you after a while. So, so you guys kind of reached a point where it's like, and there's no there's no point in debate. We're all set in our in our beliefs now. Yeah, so, yeah, agree to disagree. I remember hearing a story at, on I think it was on another podcast about. I think it was was it um, was it Reese and, and Andy that got into a fist fight or? Yeah, that was early on in the band. That 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 okay, had nothing, so, nothing, nothing to do with beliefs. That that, that had to do with uh, a, an intro uh, to a show not going as planned. Ah, fascinating. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think about that now too. Like. If my parents knew that, like this band that I was idolizing as a little youth group kid, if they knew that they were fist fighting in the back background, like that would be enough for them to not let me listen. <laughs> it's funny to me. It's funny to me because, like, being in a band is the closest thing I think you can be to, to be to being like um, in a family, you know. Right. And like, you, you fight with your brothers and you fight with your sisters, you know. Yeah. Sure. And that's kind of like rock and roll too. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I guess yeah. Comes with the territory. Yeah, I mean, I like. I think with the Leonard Skinner, those guys like stab each other in the in the in the, in the while they were sleeping. And they're probably better friends for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's the foundation <laughs> of friendship right there. Because <laughs> they settled their differences. Beef was settled. <laughs> or you know, like uh, Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend, like in the Who. They uh they were notorious for like getting a fist fight and stuff like that, but they're still playing music together fifty years later. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and you know some some bands because you know the, the 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 very end of of all you know power struggles is violence, you know, and and uh, you can you can either decide not to go there and go to your separate ways, or you can duke it out. Um, so this is kind of along the same lines. Um, with you guys with a lot of your lyrics being centered around like controversial issues or quote unquote controversial, controversial issues. Um, you said that, uh, did that cause conflict in the band? And did like, was there ever an issue with you guys? Not like with the members of the band, not associating themselves with the lyrics yet the whole band, uh, you know, the lyrics kind of attributed to the whole band. Like, was there, was there ever a time that you guys couldn't stand behind something and, and you kind of had to? Yeah, I mean, with with uh, with Andy and Scott, like one of, one of the I think one of the most noble things that they ever did was quit quit the band um, because they they felt like hypocritical uh, being up on stage. You know, they couldn't like we'd be, be doing uh, every new day, and it was like they're they're just not in that place, you know. 
and yeah. to, to try to to try to like act like they're you know you know back in the song or back in the sentiment behind the song um, was very fake and they were lying to everybody in the in the crowd. So for them to be like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. That was I think that was one of the most honest things they they could have done, which is pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and Andy stayed through till the end. Um, was that just a timing thing, or did he? Scott, Scott, uh, he he started struggling with his faith after the first, you know, three years or so of, of the band, mm-hmm. and he was in, in the band for four years, and then uh, uh, Andy started uh, his struggle uh, two years before the end of the band. Okay, and but he stayed through till the end, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like I was saying, the old music has like a the the very raw feeling to it. But I mean, if you hear the new stuff, it, it really illustrates like the daily struggles of, of what your fan base is going through now. Um, do you think is that, I mean, do you think the new stuff is more genuine? No, it's, I think it's been, it's been genuine for, for, uh, as long as we've, you know, been around. I think yeah. that, like you're, you just, you just go through different points. You know, you, the, the, the hard, hard part to think about is, is, uh, for a lot of people, especially that, listen to the old records, you know, you know, on a weekly basis or whatever, is that that is a snapshot of our lives 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and we're not rocking the mullets anymore, you know. Is any of it hard to listen to or embarrassing to listen to now? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and actually almost every record, pretty much, I'd say every record, with maybe the exception of the last couple, were always embarrassing to listen to even, even a week or two after you, you got done recording them. <laughs> that's funny because we still cling to them and listen to them religiously so there's there's all sorts of little small like like uh, production things like like on this last record we, we we really were able to focus on a lot of the production uh value i guess of uh, of, of the album which we'd never really had that opportunity before hmm. and so you could kind of like tweak and tweak and tweak until it sounds this is this is exactly what i'm hearing in my head Let's put it out. And is that just because you guys don't have a label anymore? You have the the freedom to do what you want with it. Um, that's that has something to do with it. I mean, the record the record label would push you to have you know uh, a, a record recorded in in a month, and uh, and then you know to have another record ready to record the next year. So that that schedule kind of doesn't allow you to sit on things for a while. Um, that's kind of along the same lines. Uh, so ska, obviously. When you guys started, it was a booming thing. Um, it had its day, and now it's become like a lot of critics will say that it's become a fad, um, and that the only people it kind of appeals to now are people who are nostalgic for ska. Um, did you guys ever? I, and I'm, I know a lot of the answers to these. Did you guys ever start to feel restricted by the by ska music and and what it had to be to be ska? And um, was it was it a relief to be able to move past that? Uh, I, like for me personally, like I, I've never really been a, f- a fan of ska. So, oh my god, yeah, what? <laughs> so, um, for me, I was always trying to push us to like play heavier and you know faster and whatever. Um, but um, I guess that there was there was enough enough punk infused into the ska to make it not terrible for me. Yeah, because ska has a way of all sounding the same, and there are very few bands that break out of that. So I think that's one of the reasons I like you guys more than every other ska band. Well, yeah, um, man, a lot, a lot of what you hear is, is just is actually our metal roots coming through. Yeah. 
Surely. <laughs> the Kickstarter, obviously, that's a, a big point in the group for you guys. Um, what One thing that I noticed that I didn't notice as much when you guys were together before that is like this huge base of super fans. And it became really clear that like they're willing to show unending support. Is it different playing now for people that are obviously dedicated, crazy super fans who will do anything? Is it different than back in the day, whereas like entire youth groups would come to the shows, you'd have... You know, people who may or may not know who you are. No, you know, honestly, the, the the crowds have gotten a little more tame. Like back in the back in the day, everybody was, if they weren't a fan by the by the by the first song, uh, they're they probably going to be a fan by about the third or fourth song. Yeah. And and it was always really cool to see the people in the crowd, their their face and their body language transition throughout the show. Because uh, like like for us, we like we we've always kind of played the underdog role and mm. when you play to a crowd that doesn't know who you are that that's 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 when you see us at our best yeah and we're more tame now because we're older and our knees hurt like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember like talking to somebody at you know the show i went to in atlanta uh back a few years ago and uh he was laughing because he was saying you know before you would go to a five iron frenzy show and you'd have to call to check in with your parents Right. But uh, now you have to call and check in with your wife and kids. Sure. Yeah, or you drag them along and you try to get them to understand why you've been obsessed with this band for 20 years. Like, <laughs> it's not an easy sell. <laughs> okay, so so can I ask you Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So, like, one, one of my – there's two bands that I really am not into, and I'm probably going to lose a lot of respect from a lot of people here. Um, but uh, one is um, – oh, man, you know, I, now I'm going to forget the name of the bands. <laughs> Uh, they, they had a song called uh, "If I Had If I Had a Million Dollars." Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. Um, and people people will say, "Oh, I love that band. They're so funny." <laughs> are we Are we that band? Are we, are we a band that people like because we're funny? No, like, and it's funny too because I've noticed lately the uh, like the super fans or which seems to be like all your fans these days. We like you, and we ignore those tracks. We've learned to like every other track. And so we listened to yeah. Quantity's Job One, and we skipped the pants medley. Like, gotcha. Yeah, that. But it's funny that you mentioned that though, because I knew a lot of people. Like, there are people back from that culture that if you mentioned Five Iron, that's all they remember is like the silly songs in between, and they don't know how like deep some of the other songs are and what they're actually missing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, at the same time, like I mean, you know, I, I fell in love with the band when I was a kid because. To me, it was like, oh, these these people are weirdos like I am. And so it it kind of appealed to me on that level of, of, you know, you said like playing the underdog. And I kind of felt like an underdog in life when I was younger. So it, it was kind of like, oh, this, you know, this gets me. I, I get this. And uh, but at the same time, I have never laughed harder uh, at a song than I have at Stinky Hippie. Right. So on, on uh, cheeses. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like when I show people your music, I'm like, you have to listen to it because it's super deep. Like, and I'll show it to people who are like staunch atheists and they'll listen and they'll still appreciate the lyrics. And then they hear like the pants medley and they're like, what's, what's this now? I'm like, well, you gotta, they're, they're a serious band. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, for making excuses for us. I appreciate it. Everybody's got to blow off some steam. I will. Some people blow off steam by just <laughs> making really stupid, silly songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, actually, that that whole thing started with us. Uh, you know, because we we record uh, our band practices on a boombox, 
And uh, sometimes you'd come up with good ideas for songs, and sometimes they were just terrible. And that's how you get, like, Kingdom of the Dinosaurs and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed there's – I don't remember which album it's on, but uh, the, like, the bonus track or whatever is no, is nothing but laughter. I will – if I'm in a crappy mood, I'll listen to that because it is so infectious to hear people just gagging on giggles. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know exactly which one you're talking about too. It's funny. It's That that to me is your funniest track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about how the band kind of evolved and how you have a lot of diversity in the band. Um, but being, you know, part of the Kickstarter group and now FrenzyCon, there is such a diversity among the fans now. Um you have, like, and what's interesting is I, I find that a lot of the fans once shared the uh, the youth group mentality, and now they're in completely different places. You have people from everywhere with all different beliefs now, still fans. Um, is is it? Have you found that it's more difficult to reach these fans now um, since they're not centered around a topic anymore? I mean, I mean, like I guess to to rewind it back to the beginning of the band, I don't know if we've ever really tried to reach anybody. Okay. So, so I guess that that would make that that question invalid because we just kind of did did music and and we wanted to make it interesting enough that that we liked listening to it, you know. Yeah. And then and then Reese would write about stuff that he was going through or, or that he was thinking about. So it wasn't it was never really about reaching anybody. Interesting. Wow, there are so many like Christian parents who are so offended by what you just said. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like, like, but I mean, like, if they <laughs> do, they do they go to their job and like try to reach people. I mean, I think they might, you know, but they're probably the, the annoying people that really turn people out to to Christianity or whatever they're trying to push. You know, like so, for me, for me, like the best thing you can do is be be like cool with everybody around you and do the best job that you can possibly do. And I don't know. Don't be a douche. Exactly. Don't be a douche. <laughs> um. So is I mean we talked about how you guys are in different states. You all have grown up jobs. Um, does that make touring just that much more difficult? Yeah, it's a pain. I bet. <laughs> yeah, like like we were experimenting uh, after the Kickstarter and the record came out and all that stuff. We were experimenting with you know uh, two shows a month, and uh, and that was okay. And after a while, the, the wives and the jobs start getting um, tired of that. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> so. They never have a weekend with their family? Yeah, yeah, you eat up all your vacation days just going out to play a few shows. That's crazy. Um, Let's see. A question. I'm not sure what you can answer or what you know, Um, but, like, what is what is the future for you guys look like? What are you, is anything you're working on now? Uh, we haven't actually started working at well, – as a band, we haven't started working on stuff. Scott, he, he he's like one of the most prolific songwriters I've ever known, mm-hmm. and he he will write songs in his sleep, and it's just crazy. Uh, he I think he's got like six or seven songs lined up for the next record. So really, oh, so cool. all right, well there you have it. So there there is a next record at least planned. Uh, yeah, we're talking about it for sure. Sweet. Uh, like like the the. The, the the process that we did last, for the last record, um, what didn't work out as well as we'd hoped, and um, it made made the record take a lot longer to record, and so I think we're going to try um, a closer, um, I guess, process to what, what to how we used to re-record. Yeah. So. 
Okay, fascinating. Um, and you guys still plan on playing shows randomly here and there? Yeah, yeah. Making us travel across the country if we want to see you? I've uh, I've discovered a lot of like horrible states because of Five Iron. I realize that I will, <laughs> I never want to live in like Des Moines or South Dakota. Yeah, <laughs> the Dakotas are terrible places. They're just depressing. And it smelled like a baby diaper the entire time. I I oh god despise that place. I don't like baby diapers. So yeah, especially if you live in one, it's it's even worse. <laughs> Um, we know, speaking of, you know, touring and, and, and you're saying how it's, it's, you know, kind of a pain in the ass to like have to travel and stuff like that to, uh, you know, shows stuff like that. But how did it feel like when you got back together? Like, what was the, what was the feeling there when you decided, made the decision corporately to, uh, you know, reunite as a band? Uh, it was, it was pretty surreal because, because. Uh, you know, we didn't think that, uh, again, we were, we were doing it kind of for our, for our own fun and benefit, you know? So sure. it, uh, it felt really, really cool and it felt way more natural than you'd think it would feel very much like riding a bike. It didn't feel forced. It just like, it felt right, I guess. So here's one thing that, that that's interesting to me, like, we actually tried getting the band back together, I think, a year or two before it actually did get back together. Huh. Really? It totally crumbled via uh, emails and and uh, phone conversations and whatever. It just, for some reason, the timing wasn't there. Like, everybody was, was ready, willing, and able to do it. And it, like, something, whatever that that element was, was missing. And... We put probably in, in a little less effort this, the second time around because we were basically like, let's just try jamming, you know? And uh, and then all of a sudden it just clicked and whatever whatever gear that was missing before was all of a sudden in the mix. So, I don't know. Did you expect the fan reaction that you guys got? No, no. I figured we, we were, you know, one of those bands that had kind of gone to the wayside and been forgotten about and whatever so like grandma train <laughs> but you know we're still talking about grandma train <laughs> and <they're>, religiously <laughs> and there are so many bands that try to do like what you guys did and you see it not click and it just becomes embarrassing when they don't meet their goals and no one really wants to go to i don't know some random band show yeah yeah it's a, it's a bummer i mean we're definitely blessed you know I got. I don't want to take credit for. I, I, I like. I, I really do feel like that we are. We are used by God. Like there's there's um there was a timing thing that happened, that that, you know, as much as we wanted to, to happen the first time, it didn't happen. And for some, it, the only thing that I can I can think of is that it wasn't it wasn't uh, time for it yet. Yeah. It, it. I mean, like you said, it it just fell into place perfectly on both ends like that fans were super ready you guys seemed ready so it clicked and you've got this crazy hardcore fan base now that will do anything to see you guys um so a couple more hat questions um what's what's like a hidden gem of a five iron frenzy song that that you really enjoy that like may not be one of your standard popular songs i guess a hidden gem like like one that people know about yeah i mean like one I mean, you guys had like some radio play back in the day. What's 
Uh, it's not, I don't know if it's a gym really. Uh, <laughs> but like for me, it's one of those things that like, whenever I'm like, are we, are we going soft? Are we getting too soft? You know, whatever. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I, I oftentimes will, you know, go see like metal bands and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's brutal right there, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, the best, the best we got for that kind of an offering is, um, that, um, mine, mine for treason off of cheeses. Nice. <laughs> Which is just, it's a full on thrash song, you know? Yeah. That's it's, um, it sounded pretty cool. I thought I'll start, I'll start listening to that whenever I think you guys have gotten too soft as well. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, and, and I guess, I don't know if this is what Huggins meant, but maybe like, um, is there a song that maybe is like a favorite of yours that, that maybe like is like, um, I don't know, that means something really special to you, I guess. Yeah. Is that what, is that what you meant, Huggins? Or? Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds better. Gotcha. <laughs> no, you know what? I, like, I think, I think, um, I, I'm not a very, very lyrical person at all. Like I, I don't, uh, typically hear what is being said. In, in, in any band that I listen to for the most part, huh. um, it's, it's like the voice is just another instrument and the, the syllables are just the plucking of that instrument. Um, sure. so, so with, with, uh, with, with fire and stuff, it, it's really, it's really true that the, the, the lyrics are pretty, are pretty, pretty awesome. I think, you know, I mean, it's, it sounds weird being, you know, being that I'm in the band and saying that, but like when I, when I actually go and you know, pay attention to the words or read, read the words. It's like, wow, this is pretty cool, man. Like, so like to say that I have one favorite, I I don't know if I could, you know, break it down to one, but, but I really enjoy, uh, having that non musical experience and sort of diving into the poetry side of it and, and just reading through, you know, stuff that Reese has written. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. And he had a blog for a while that I really enjoyed reading. Um, He's, there's something captivating about him. And like I said, I've, I've shared his lyrics with a lot of people who are nowhere near this world. And, and even they can see that like, there's something different there. And that's that I'm the opposite of you. Like I'll take crappy music with like passionate lyrics over amazing music with thrown in lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was listening to, was it last week's podcast or whatever that, uh, and you were talking about some band and, uh, and it was it was the lyrics that turned turned you you on. Was it wasn't so much Oh, is that uh, me without you? Yeah, yeah. Like that's not my type of music. Could never get into it. However, like the dude is so passionate, you can't help but appreciate the band for for some reason. Right, right. Um, I got a new record coming out, by the way, this summer. Yeah, all the fangirls on my Facebook are freaking out about it. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> like I I need to like see if I can swing the pre order to get the. Uh, the double rainbow vinyl deluxe edition. <laughs> so similarly, are there any songs that you don't like? Like I imagine this would be like, are there songs you don't like to play live or one that you hear that just like makes you cringe from back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of those. <laughs> uh, one, I think probably one of our worst songs ever was faking life. Interesting. That's a terrible song to me. There's some songs that, that I, I like the record version of, but we we try to play them live and they just don't translate very well live. Any examples? What's the oh Giants? Dude, that that's unfortunate because I would I like I know super fans would kill to hear that one live. Yeah, I I love that song actually. Yeah, I mean you know like like with with uh, how we were doing like we we were doing it like you know 
fully punk rock, you know, um, style of, of, of playing live, you know, back in the day. And now we're, you know, we're a little more uh, Britney Spears because we actually do have <laughs> some uh, backing tracks that we play along to, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, that that was one of the things where where, where uh, what you could do in a studio uh, with background sound effects and cool stuff. Um, you kind of need that for that song to work. Was that a jackhammer in the background of that song? Yeah, yeah. Did you actually record a jackhammer? Or? No, we had like a big old sample disc of all sorts of industrial noises. There's a there's a dump truck in there that's like slowed down super slow too. Yeah, it's it's such an eerie song, and like going along with the lyrics of that song, like listening it to front to like front to back, you get such a vivid picture that the song is trying to paint. Like I can see how it wouldn't work live. It's it's unfortunate. Um, another one that would like I know fans have wanted to hear live, but I don't know that they ever have would be uh, Marty. I love that song. That's like one of my favorites, and it seems like only super fans find that song to be their favorite. And I've never heard it live. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's that's one of those ones where we like the the, the music for it. All right, but uh, Reese was kind of embarrassed of the of the words uh, after we put it out. It just it, it, it seemed it, for him it felt like something he just threw together. And and he wasn't he just wasn't uh, he didn't feel like he put his best foot forward on it. That's so weird because I love the lyrics because it reminds me of like everyone I knew and me in high school like just such a douchey kid. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm embarrassed by my past too. Trust me. <laughs> Is there anything uh, anything like additional like anything on the side you're doing right now? Um, anything you'd want to promote? I, I always have like you know I'm always messing around with little things here and there but. Uh, like the, the thing that I'm messing around with right now is is uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> my my musical background is 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 you know usually it's it's kind of rooted in in like hip hop slash gangster rap and and metal like just brutal death metal <laughs> like a complete like uh, polar opposites there almost <laughs> in a way in a way like like if you if you could take the the most negative music it's both of those. True. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like I don't know why I gravitate to that, but I, I just do. But anyways, uh, in the in the hip hop uh, vein, uh, like in the a sub you know subculture, there's uh, bass music, which is just mm -hmm. the stuff that guys you know use to show off their sound systems and whatever, and boom down the street or whatever. So I'm working on I'm working on putting together a a a bass record. So cool. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be different because like a lot of bass records that that are out are just terrible, but they they serve a purpose, you know. So that's that's the only reason that they exist. I'm trying to like do something that's actually musical, something that's interesting instead of just you know whole notes of booming. I mean, it'll 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 sound it'll like to the to the uninitiated or like somebody who doesn't really understand uh, the history of it. It'll probably sound like just another bass record. But if you if you have any kind of musical appreciation, you'll be able to hear. Like there's a melody happening, but on a subsonic level, so that's that's kind of what I'm experimenting with right now. Cool, fascinating. What about anything you're reading? Anything? I'm not, I'm not a huge reader. Like I just I, like when I when I had more time on the road, I read more. But like now it's it's uh, I, I um, when the band was done the first time around, I kind of stopped listening to music. I was kind of over music, which was really bizarre because as a as a <laughs> child, I, I was like, how do people not listen to music? every waking moment of the day. Right. <laughs> and uh, it was weird because I got to that point and it was, it was just that no music was speaking to me at all. And uh, about, you know, two years before Five Iron got back together, 
music started doing something for me again. Yeah. And uh, so now, now I'm listening to my, my wife would make fun of me, but um, she she calls it like um, hipster, hipster music. Yeah, <laughs> I'll make fun of you too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but the, a lot of what they're doing is is well, a lot of what they're doing is just like any genre crap. But a lot of what's coming out there is is you know one or two songs off a record that are really really creative and really cool. So well, who are you listening to a lot right now? Um, my favorite band right. Well, my favorite band, which which um, I, I kind of burned burned out already on it, uh, was Electric Guest. Okay. And uh, they had a, a song called uh, "This This Head I Hold," which I thought was really really cool. And it was kind of Motown um, revisited, but with a little quicker tempo and stuff. And okay. uh, but that that whole record is uh, amazing. It's just uh, front front to back is incredible, and everything they've put out. Which isn't very much. It's it's really good. And it's interesting you say that about hipster music too, because I've noticed that too. Um, a lot of my friends, um, people that normally wouldn't be, um, you know, obsessed with music, are starting to find something in this movement, and they're starting to get the rejuvenation that music used to do for them as well. So it's something. I mean, there's not much rock music anymore. So and and that's that's the problem is like like so much rock music has has, has become so formulaic and just stale and. I don't know, man. Like, like the quarter about. Well, it's it's yeah. watered down. This is exactly what you expect when you buy a rock record. It's like, it's, there's nothing creative about it. It's, it's just annoying and terrible. If you can even find a rock record anymore, like it's all, you know, whatever's popular on the radio now. Like, it's hard. It's hard to find that standout rock band that makes you have faith in rock music anymore. Right. Yeah. Like original rock. I mean, like good good original rock. Was was a combination of, of, of rawness and and there was you know the the thing that that uh, you, they were doing stuff that wasn't hadn't been done before you know like they were pushing the limits of what drums and guitars and bass could do vocals could do and uh, you kind of almost seen what they all could do and 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 now it's a matter of okay like songwriting is important now um, cool so so Mark I think we should wrap it up. Um, yeah, I mean, unless, unless, uh, Mike, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about at all, or? I'm not much of a talker anyways. I mean, I actually surprised <laughs> myself on this, on this, uh, podcast, because this is, uh, this is probably as, as talkative as I've, I've been in probably days. Cool. All right, so I'll wrap it up. Um, obviously, we think you guys are amazing. Uh, I'm sure you hear it all the time from, from all your fans. Um, you know, your band has played such a huge role in our lives. Um, so thank you for everything you guys do. And more importantly, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. It's, it was awesome. Sure. And thanks for doing this, this podcast. This is pretty cool. This is, this is a nice, uh, nice look, like cross section look into, into, uh, into your appreciation of it. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Thank you so much for saying that. That's great. Yeah. It's really cool to talk to you, man. All right. Well, take it easy. All right. Peace out. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was actually that was really cool. Yeah, he's he's an awesome dude, man. Like I, I love the heck out of that guy. Yeah, it was so, and, and he's he's really laid back. He's cool. Um, he's not as goofy as you'd expect for somebody that's a member of such a goofy band. But I mean, like you said, they're really not completely that goofy. Exactly, and he uh, he likes to answer the questions. Like he doesn't shy away from the questions that uh, true fans would want to ask. And I've I've interacted with him outside of uh, outside of this podcast too, and. Just an awesome guy. So it was a it was an honor to be able to talk to him for this. 
Well, I think that's actually it for this episode. You know, we, we would love to hear from uh, anybody listening to this. Uh, if you guys uh, want to suggest a topic or, or subject material for us to talk about, why not uh, shoot us an email? You can email us at hyperdiepodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet to us at hyperdieshow. Yes, and uh, please reach out. We uh, It's awesome to hear. We've gotten some feedback in some of our episodes. Um, it, we do what we do because it's fun and we love it, but it would be awesome to hear what you guys enjoy, what you guys want to hear. So definitely reach out if, if you're listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and uh, leave us leave us a review. Uh, you know, give us five stars or, or give us one star. Or, I mean, we'd, we'd rather you give us five stars. That would be awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening to Hyper Die. I'm Mark Jones. And I'm Huggins. And uh, we will... We won't see you next week. That would be creepy. But maybe we can see you. But you'll hear us. We will always be there. Watching. Listening. Breathing.